Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. Our topic today is about consciousness and the four stages of consciousness, what the Vedas tell us about our daily movement from waking to dream and then deep sleep consciousness and the study of how these changes in consciousness can lead to boundless wisdom and enduring bliss. I'm so fortunate today to be joined by Dr. David Frawley, or Pandit Vamadeva Shastri. He is the founder and director of the American Institute of Vedic Studies, which offers online courses and publications on Ayurveda, yoga, Vedanta, mantra, meditation, and Vedic astrology. Dr. Frawley is involved in important research into ancient Vedic texts and is a well-known modern exponent of Hinduism and Sanatana Dharma. He has a um, Dr. Uh, Lit, I'm not sure what that is, um, Vamadeva, is that, uh, Dr. Frawley, is that, um, is that in yoga itself? Uh, that is in yoga and Ayurveda through uh, the main deemed yoga, yoga university in India, oh. but I have more than one of them. It's a doctor of letters. It's the highest degree they offer. Oh, lovely. Um, he's also the recipient of the prestigious Padma Bhushan Award, one of India's highest civilian awards for distinguished service of a higher order. Dr. Frawley's work is highly respected in traditional circles in India, as well as influential in the West, where he is involved in many Vedic and yogic schools, ashrams, and associations. You can find out more about Dr. Frawley and his many online programs at his website, vedanet.com. So welcome, Dr. Frawley. I'm so delighted to have you join me today on the Yoga Hour. Well, Laurel, I'm very happy to be with you and to return to your program after uh, some years. And I'm very happy that you continue to share your wisdom and your uh, uh, insight to so many people. And uh, it's a great program for everyone to tune into on a regular basis. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. So before we dive into our dialogue about the yoga of consciousness moving beyond body and mind, let's begin with a moment of contemplation. So let's begin by bringing ourselves fully present into this moment right here, right now. 
let's let go of any concerns about what we were doing earlier today, any concerns about what we might need to do next in our day, and just be present here and now, bringing our attention to our bodies and just feeling the body in space and paying particular attention to the places where our body is supported. Perhaps our feet are resting on the ground or a chair is supporting our weight. Just pay attention to those places of support. And then bring your attention to the breath. Lovely tool that's always with us. Let's just notice as we take a fully conscious breath. Notice the next inhale and exhale. And on the next inhale, the cool air flowing in through the nostrils. And on the exhale, the warm air flowing out. And as we rest here, right where we are, here's something to contemplate from the Yoga Hours founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien's book, Living for the Sake of the Soul. The awakened life is not about being spiritual. It is not about gaining or acquiring, becoming, or even regaining something. We have never lost what we are. We may have forgotten. We may have lost touch with our true dignity and power, but we have never lost it. The self does not wake up or go to sleep, come into being, or pass from existence. Once again, the self with a capital S does not wake up or go to sleep, come into being or pass from existence. It only seems so from the vantage point of I. As the sun appears to the earth to rise and set, appear and disappear. Spiritual awakening changes the focal point of our lives from having to being. This is radical reorientation, one that is essential to living a fulfilled life. Instead of thinking about what we want or need, we realize who we truly are. So once again, Dr. David Frawley, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm particularly delighted to have you join me today to discuss uh, your a recent book, uh, The Yoga of Consciousness, From Waking, Dream, and Deep Sleep to Self-Realization. So let's begin there. So what inspired you to write this new book? And I should mention for listeners who are not familiar with Dr. Frawley, there are many, many, many books, beautiful, wonderful books that he has written. I would encourage you to check them out on his website, uh, again, vedanet.com. So um, what inspired you to write the new book, The Yoga of Consciousness? Well, this is a culmination of all kinds of ongoing uh, study and meditation. The main thing is, is this... Um, understanding of the day, the daily movement of consciousness and how transformational it is. Uh, and then, of course, some people today are also talking about the yoga nidra, which is a related topic. But it's this importance of understanding yoga as moment-by-moment -moment awareness, but also the states that it takes us through. Because in our daily cycle 
uh, we can actually go into the highest states of consciousness if we know and understand how that cycle works and what are the energies and powers behind it and how to orient our yoga practice to be more aware in all these uh, four states. That's so beautiful. And you really point to the opportunity for transformation in your in your book transformation as we pass as you said on a daily basis through these four states of consciousness so you have studied practice and written numerous books as i mentioned on the vedu vedas hinduism yoga ayurveda and vedic astrology for uh over the last 40 years so um would you share a little bit of your history with listeners what brought you to the teachings of uh, yoga and vedanta well, it started out in the late 60s, and at that time, some of these teachings became available. I came into contact with the uh, teachers and teachings in America, even Paramahansa Yogananda. I went through the Self-Realization Fellowship lessons when I was uh, 19, uh, wow. and I also had my certain philosophical views, so I learned Sanskrit and started studying uh, the uh, traditional text. I started communicating and uh, connecting with the various yoga teachers in this country and then with uh, ashrams uh, groups uh, on the India side too, including the teachings in the Ramakrishna order, Ramana Maharshi, uh, Sri Aurobindo. And uh, I found such tremendous inspiration, particularly from the gurus. I mean, to see these great teachers, to read their lives like in the autobiography of a yogi was something that uh, we hadn't seen elsewhere. And mm -hmm. so it opened up a whole vista of uh, studies. And then in my case, I did spend, have spent a lot of time in India and connecting with teachers and traditions there and created a very interesting lifestyle because on one hand, I've been in the position of bringing the yogic Vedic teachings from India to the West like so many have. Uh, and uh, all this adaptation here. But on the other hand, I've taken the opposite role of reawakening or trying to help people in India appreciate their uh, traditions as the modern cultural influences sometimes push them in another way. So I've been going back and forth on that bridge as well as studying traditional text and trying to make the teachings authentic and uh, also trying to associate and unite with various yoga Vedic groups from uh, throughout the world. So that has become kind of my life's journey. But the journey in consciousness, of course, is what we are all doing, and we must make this a daily, if not a moment-by-moment moment moment practice. Mm. Well, that's lovely. As many times as, as we've had you on the show, I don't think I've you know, quite heard you talk about that. So that's, that was great. Thank you. So the book that we are discussing today, The Yoga of Consciousness, takes us through one of the most profound teachings in the Upanishads, the way of higher knowledge that forms the fountainhead of yoga and Vedanta. And this is what we've been pointing to, the four states of consciousness. So let's start by giving our listeners a brief overview of the four states of consciousness as taught in the Upanishads and, and in the yoga, uh, various yoga writings. Uh, yes, it's actually very simple. We all know it. We have the waking state, which is where we put most of our energy and identity and we have the dream state where we, after we fall asleep uh, at night. And we have uh, the deep sleep state. Now, of course, in the dream state, uh, the body is not active, but the mind is active, although it's active in a more uh, spontaneous way than uh, the waking state. Uh, 
And deep sleep, we all know, but we really don't know what it is. We all know that uh, if we have deep sleep, we get renewed for the day. If we don't, you know, we end up being kind of uh, loss of energy or even some uh, disturbances. So these three states are well known. The fourth state is what the uh, Yoga Vedanta teaches us. And this is rooted in the ancient text called the Mandukya Upanishad, which is actually the shortest of the, of the Upanishads. And it relates these four states to the four aspects of the mantra Om, uh, which you have uh, just chanted. We can discuss that in some uh, detail later. But what it teaches us is that our true self is behind all three states of waking, dream, and deep sleep. You have a waking self, a dream self, a deep sleep self, we might say. But the true self or pure awareness is beyond these three. In other words, we live a life enshrouded, you might say, in a certain darkness and dream, or what we call avidya, sometimes they call it ignorance, not knowing, in which we are trapped in a physical identity, which is transient, Sometimes uh, I uh, ask people, it's kind of a trick question, is that uh, how long is our continue, how long do we actually live or have a continuous awareness at a physical level? And it's not just the period of your life, it's not even one day, it's usually about uh, uh, 16 hours. So in other words, even in the waking state, we're kind of visitors or uh, dreamers uh, here. So there is this deeper self. And yoga teaches us that our true self is not the body and not the mind. Mm-hmm. Body and mind are instruments of action and expression and knowing, uh, but they are not who we truly are. So every day we go back to our true self, which is not only beyond body and mind, it's beyond time and space. It is the universal being uh, itself, but we do that without knowing Without being conscious, we gain some renewal of our prana from there. And then we return to our physical life as if kind of uh, nothing happened. And we don't realize we've gone in and out of the divine every day. And Mm -hmm. that that is our true spiritual home. And even more so, yoga teaches us that we can develop the consciousness of that fourth state of pure being throughout our entire day. That is what the great yogis do. They are able to hold that awareness beyond or even deeper than deep sleep, uh, an inner peace and happiness throughout the day. And even what we call meditation and samadhi is really just uh, going back to that core nature that is behind the deep sleep state. So you're maintaining that deepest level of peace Throughout your daily activities, that is holding to the fourth state. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's a good place to realize it. So in other words, every day we take a journey into consciousness from the physical world to the divine and back again. But because we're not aware in the process, uh, we miss out the true meaning of our existence and think our, our outer life in the physical world is all there is. It's very important. It's our realm of karma, but it is not... Uh, Our goal, our goal is that supreme awareness. So it is possible through certain yoga and meditation practices to break through or go beyond the veil of deep sleep to the divine light of pure consciousness that is behind 
the deep sleep state. This is one of the key teachings of yoga and uh, uh, Upanishads mentioned in uh, various texts and uh, approached in uh, various ways. And we need to understand that so that our yoga follows that whole daily rhythm and allows us to fulfill our highest potential in all the states of consciousness we move through. So I would say that's a kind of introduction to the topics involved. No, really, really lovely overview. Thank you very much for that. I really appreciated, uh, as you point out in the book, we get so tied up with the waking state that we lose track of these other states. And I really appreciated you shining a light on that process and revealing this opportunity, this potential for transformation that comes from diving more deeply into a study of these four states of consciousness. So thank you for that. I I do really appreciate the book. Um, So as you just mentioned uh, in your book, you write each day contains the whole of time and a synopsis of our entire lives, which as you, you kind of pointed to in what you just said, the um, this daily cycle is actually even could be looked at as the cycle of birth and death on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. We are born and die every day in a certain sense. And the other thing we have to understand is that actual birth and death is just a longer extension of this process of waking dream and uh, a deep sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I tell people that you should be careful. Remember that the, sel- the, the self that wakes the person you are when you wake up in the morning is slightly different than the one who went to sleep at night. Some mm-hmm. changes uh, go on. Physical world is important because it's our karma booming. It's our realm of action, but we get caught up and forget that we have deeper levels of knowing and being. And yoga is about moving beyond the physical sense of reality where we're limited to a body, to the universal sense of consciousness in which our self is present in all and in which we use the body and mind as instruments rather than are identified with them as uh, who we really are. Mm. So that yogic daily journey is essential to understand, to practice yoga properly. It's not just a daily thing you do and some asanas here and going to some uh, place or study or reading some book there. Yoga is the very movement of our lives. And Mm. if we do it consciously, our whole life can be yoga from waking dream and deep sleep to beyond. It's lovely. So in the book, you dive into how uh, uh, many things change um, in each of the four stages. And you talk about mind, the changes in mind, changes in prana and changes in speech. So I thought it would be useful to dive into those a little bit more deeply. So then let's talk about the changes in the mind. So what are the four levels of the mind then that correspond with these uh, four states of consciousness? Yes, well, of course, during our waking life, we have our ordinary uh, waking mind, which we operate through the senses and which gets us involved or engaged with all our activities in the uh, physical world at various levels, from taking care of our body, interacting with society, our work, and all the rest of it. So there's a definite physical mindset and social mindset that goes along with that uh, In the dream state, the mind is dissociated from the body, as it were, 
and it's also dissociated from the physical ego per se, although it's reflected in the dream state somewhat. So we have these uh, dreams. The dream mind comes into play. Some of the dream mind does work on impressions and memories from the waking state. If you're chopping potatoes all day long, you dream of chopping potatoes, something like that. But there exactly. are also, <laughs> there are also other levels of dreaming where you can go and connect to subtle worlds, artistic inspirations. So the dream mind has uh, as much more depth than we usually give it because we only uh, look at it or pass through it uh, incidentally. Mm-hmm. Now, in the deep sleep state, the mind is in abeyance, or we should say it's our natural samadhi where the mind is put to rest. The mind isn't, isn't terminated, uh, but the mind is not directly active. So when the, mind is not, when the mind is still, then that is samadhi, that is this inner state of peace and renewal, such as ananda. So we touch on that in deep sleep. That's also called ananda mayakosha, or the sheath of bliss, uh, in which we are able to contact our own inner peace and happiness and renew ourselves for another day, because otherwise uh, we wouldn't be able to go on, because we get that renewal energy from uh, within, not simply from the outside. The fourth state is being conscious in the state of deep sleep or passing through the door of deep sleep into the worlds of light. There the mind as we know it doesn't exist or again it's in that state of peace. There are some higher levels of intelligence that come into play and also the access to the uh, transcendent. Uh, See, mind is an individualized creaturely thing. So in the higher states, we go beyond the sense of individual identity and simply being a creature. We contact our universal being. So these are the kind of the four states of consciousness through the day as reflected uh, in the mind. And if we can consciously go through that process, we can merge our mind back into the capital S self as uh, uh, Yogacharya had so uh, eloquently uh, uh, spoken and that you uh, read for us. Uh, thank you for that. Again, a beautiful overview of what happens to our mind. So you also talk about prana, what happens to our prana or our vital force in each of these four states of consciousness. So we've got about um, f- almost four minutes before the break. So let's head there. What are the four stages of pra- that prana revolves through in these four states of consciousness? Well, that's also something we clearly observe. In the physical state, we have our, our senses and motor organs are all active. Our mind is active. And uh, we, breathe, we, we breathe. We can even breathe consciously. <clears throat> we have that kind of manifest physical prana. And, but, of course, the physical body gets tired. And when that occurs, we go into a natural pranayama and pratyahara in the sense that... Uh, the prana turns within, the senses and the motor organs get uh, uh, shut down, uh, we're no longer using them, and the mind comes into play uh, directly. So there's only a subtle inner prana functioning in the dream state. And it does reflect some of the pranic movements in the physical body, I mean those impacts will still be there, but it is very different and it is internalized. You're no longer using your hands and feet and all the rest of it. 
And then in the uh, deep sleep state, the prana is uh, basically withdrawn back to its core essence, just as the mind is kind of withdrawn. And so in deep sleep, uh, even the mind is not active. There's, of course, no physical activity, and there's a much uh, a more powerful internalized state of peace, calm, and uh, renewal. So prana gets renewed in deep sleep. And here we're talking about the core prana, not simply uh, the breath. Immunity mm-hmm. gets renewed in the state of deep sleep, both physical and psychological uh, immunity. And our activity is reduced to the most. Uh, we are down and we are in that kind of, again, a kind of... Uh, uh, withdrawn, internalized uh, samadhi state. And so when the yogi uh, has mastered that consciousness of those three states and moves into the fourth state, then it's possible to hold the connection with the core inner prana throughout the day. In other words, mm-hmm. you have the benefits of being in deep sleep prana even when you're doing all the uh, other things. That is the magic of it. And the yogi also gains other potentials of pranic connections and so it's a bit like and notice the breath the breath is tends to be more superficial in the waking state and it's usually the deepest in the state of uh deep sleep so that is also our natural state of pranayama so these process this pranic movement is going on it's very dramatic i mean obviously you cease moving you cease speaking you cease acting every Mm -hmm. day and then, of course, you wake up and come out of it and jump back into your activity as if nothing has happened, but you have been to the divine and back again, and somehow you missed it. <laughs> That's great. Um, so uh, this is lovely. I, I really also want to talk about speech, um, but we are almost at the break here. So uh, I would say when we come back from the break, let's talk about about uh, speech and what happens um, from the perspective of our speech as we move through these four states of consciousness through, as you've mentioned, the waking state into uh, the dream state, into the deep sleep state, and then into the um, the most uh, inner innermost state. And I would also mention for listeners who aren't familiar with the term, so pranayama and prachahara are two of the eight limbs of yoga. Pranayama meaning the um, you know movement of the um, the vital force that Dr. Frawley was just illustrating for us, and then prachahara just meaning interiorizing, turning our attention within. So. Uh, You're listening to The Yoga Hour. My guest today is Dr. David Frawley, Vedic teacher and educator who's the author of over 40 books, including the book we're discussing today, The Yoga of Consciousness, From Waking, Dream, and Deep Sleep to Self-Realization. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll be exploring more about yoga practices to move us through the four states of consciousness. We'll be right back. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Insights and practices for spiritually conscious living. Welcome back from the break. Once again, I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and my guest today is Vedic teacher, educator, and author, Dr. David Frawley. So, Dr. Frawley, what we were talking about uh, before the break was uh, obviously the four states of consciousness, which is what this whole program is about, and then in particular looking at the mind through those four states of consciousness and then looking at prana, what happens to prana through the four states. And now speech is another thing that you touch on. So how does speech... Uh, change through the four states? Uh, yes, in the waking state, we have our ordinary kind of educated, outward, vocal speech. But speech communication is kind of the essence of consciousness, vibratory force, mantra, all of that. So in the, in the dream state, we are continuing, this, this, our speech is turned within, but there is still a certain inner dialogue and even connection with other subtle beings uh, that can uh, go on in the state of the uh, dream. And even a lot of art, you know, art and even poetry owns this inspiration to a kind of dreamlike uh, state, as, you know, the poets always talk about that. And then in deep sleep, we go to the ultimate speech of silence. Silence, in the inner sense, is universal communication in which there is renewal. And in all of these, there is the vibratory power behind speech, uh, which is uh, mantra. So we might say that we go from this outer speech to inner speech and then to the core silence, and then this we're actually reflecting the mantric vibration of the universe from waking dream, deep sleep, and beyond, which is reflected in the great uh, mantra, OM. So this is the, uh, some of the secrets of speech throughout the day. Hmm. Oh, really lovely. So, um, <clears throat> as I think uh, people are aware, the um, ultimate goal of yoga is liberation. The four states of con- the fourth stage of consciousness that we've been talking about. And I wanted to read a quote from your book: "Each day and night is a yoga of waking and sleep for the soul." We must carefully understand how our consciousness is affected by these daily rhythms and how we can use them for inner transformation. And then you do go into practices, yogic practices that can help us to access these different states of consciousness. So um, the waking state, of course, is the tangible quantitative world in which we most identify, as we've said, that's kind of the easiest one. That's the one we sort of wake up from our uh, nightly sleep and dive back into our day as though that's the only thing that is uh, accessible to us or that's the most important. Um, But as a yogi, we're taught to be the seer or the witness, to identify ourselves with the witness consciousness and not the doer of these actions. So through meditation and other yogic practices, the ego-based self-image can dissolve to allow the experience of our deeper true self. So would you, would you speak more to this, to this process? Uh, yes. Well, first of all, we're not fully awake in the waking state. The right. waking state <laughs> is a product of the deep sleep, uh, dark, uh, uh, non-knowing, and the dream uh, 
imagination. So actually, we're still asleep and dreaming in the waking state. Waking state is also more of a collective dream. That's why we can agree upon certain things most of the time uh, with each other because of that collective factor of karma. So the first thing is we need to wake up in the waking state. In fact, a lot of our waking state is spent daydreaming, uh, distracted, uh, watching some entertainment. We're not really conscious of being in this presence of awareness. So waking up in the waking state. All yoga is about promoting wakefulness and attention. Uh, asana then is about being aware of the body. It's not being identified uh, with the body. And in our waking life, we do have to have a conscious lifestyle. Uh, we have to be aware of all that we're doing, whether it's our eating, sleeping, or, I mean, eating or action or work, whatever it is. We need to do it all with consciousness. The more we are conscious of what we're doing, consciousness as the seer, the self, not simply the mind, then the waking state will become a greater unfoldment of wakefulness in the cosmic sense. Uh, we can also experience that in nature, the vistas from the mountains, the ocean, all of that. Uh, so waking should be a greater wakefulness and turning within and connecting to our inner consciousness for which the body is an instrument, not a body as an identity. And we also have to trans, uh, learn to transcend the, the dream of our society, that our physical world, our society, our country, or whatever it is, is the ultimate reality. These are also expressions in their undergoing uh, evolution. So again, let's wake up more in the waking state and turn the waking state into a yoga of conscious awareness and observation and right use of the body through asana and related practices. Mm. <clears throat> so <clears throat> the next state of consciousness is the, um, the dream state. And this is related, as you talk about in the book, to that astral plane. So in a quote from the book, you say, yoga teaches us that there is an entire dream world and dream self that has its own existence and identity. Yet if we can control our thoughts, we can visualize meetings with great masters and exalted deities and contact them within if we are sincere. So that's a very interesting peek at what might be possible in this in this dream state. So will you talk about that more? Will you talk about um, how we might be able to more consciously engage in our dream state? Yes, well, you know, the after-death experience is, is the astral plane. And the so-called heavenly worlds are like the higher astral plane. And the other realms of suffering or disturbance are more like the lower astral plane, like good or bad uh, dreams. Uh, basically, we have the power. We, ha we can control or attain power over the imagination, and also we can increase or develop the power of inspiration and creativity that is in the uh, a dream state. So there are deva lokas, realms of great uh, deities, masters, etc. One can contact via teaching, pilgrimage, you might say, inner pilgrimage. All these uh, factors uh, as well, and we can then kind of be aware of our dream potentials, which is also the higher potentials we have of devotion, of uh, imagination, visualization, a lot of the what are called the astral yoga practices. And then once we realize, uh, we're, once we're awake in the dream state, then we won't be taken in by 
the dreams or the, or the imagination that goes along with dream only, and we'll be able to move more into uh, conscious dreaming, creating more positive reality for ourselves and for the world. And yet, even beyond, then we can also accept the fact that all these dream worlds, from the lowest to the highest, are also ultimately forms of imagination or illusion. And then we can also learn to begin to transcend them and uh, not only develop their higher potential, but realize they're also part of the movement in consciousness to yet formless worlds. That is the kind of overview of, you might say, some of the yogic practices of dream, which can then be part of mantra, uh, visualization. Even the chakras are there in the dream state. I mean, they're basically parts of the subtle body. So there's lots of uh, subtle practices there. Yeah. Um, perhaps you could say just a little bit more about that. What are, what are the way that we could work with some of these tools that people may be familiar with, some of these yogic tools, to more uh, readily work with um, the dream state? Well, the first thing is uh, we need a power of attention, uh, dharana. We also need, and out of that comes a certain power of uh, visualization. We need a power of prana. And we also have inner senses. Besides the outer eye and ear, there's also the inner eye and ear. So awakening the subtle senses, there are also the inner light and the inner sound. Uh, divine mantras, name mantras, Namah Shivaya, all these uh, important ones, Bija mantras. Uh, these are also ways of uh, beginning to energize these uh, subtle uh, forces. And the the practice of bhakti or devotion, even form-based, is also part of the subtle or astral world. And also visualizing, developing a higher vision of ourselves and a better vision of uh, humanity. So a lot of yoga is rooted in that, particularly pranayama, pratyahara. Pranayama will energize the subtle body. And pratyahara can help us move into the subtle body. And then as we develop the yogic power of meditation, then we can consciously then enter into these subtle realms and the uh, divine inspirations that dwell there mm. at the higher level, I should say. Yeah. You also mentioned the creativity, the link with creativity that may open for us if we can further engage in this dream reality. Um, did you want to say more about that, about how uh, creativity can be enhanced? Well, essentially, creativity is, you know, what is, is pursuing your highest dream. It's mm -hmm. pursuing the highest power of imagination where you're re-envisioning things in a deeper or uh, divine light. And then you have to understand that um, uh, there's a certain uh, essence to what we see. I'll use the, I like to use the, the metaphor of art. When an artist sees a, or paints a, a bowl of fruit on the table, it's not a bowl of fruit on the table. It's, a, it's an element of design. It's a still life. So the artist is also sensing the astral realities behind the physical world. Behind the physical world, there's also elements of beauty, design, imagination, dream, inspiration. And so in the, waking, in the dream state, one can contact that at a deeper level 
so that we can restructure our awareness, our emotions, our creativity, our use of the senses to bring out the greatest creative potential we have, which we can then also use in the waking state to make that realm better. Waking state, physical world changes more slowly, but is still a product of some deeper level of dream and aspiration. Mm. Yeah, well said. So the next state, we've talked about the waking state, we've talked about the dream state. So then the third state is, is the state of deep sleep. So you write, cultivating awareness in deep sleep, <clears throat> excuse me, cultivating awareness in deep sleep is more transformative than any practices we do in the waking and dream states. So can you say more about that and talk about what the nature is of deep sleep? Well, that is very important. As I mentioned earlier, deep sleep is our natural samadhi. It is our place of renewal. It is the place where our deepest karmas, you might say, are stored. Uh, the physical body, of course, uh, it dies at death. Subtle body gets withdrawn somewhat, but continues in its subtle essence. So essentially, the deep sleep state is kind of the core of our being or awareness. So the greater the power of awareness attention we have, the more we can hold to or develop the power of deep sleep. And ultimately, we have to move beyond the ego. The ego is the external identification of self, which body and mind. And that occurs naturally or as part of the process of waking and dream. So deep sleep we combine with deeper processes of self-inquiry, inquiry into our true nature beyond body and mind, the eye behind the eye, and also the deepest surrender uh, to the divine uh, within us. We also say that uh, in the waking state, the consciousness dwells in the eyes and dream in the throat and in deep sleep in the heart. But here we're talking about subtle energies, not physical places. So we go back to the core of our being. So whatever we hold to there has the primary transformative force, the deepest prana, uh, the deepest uh, awareness. And so if we become aware, focused, concentrated, then the deep sleep state, which we normally experience as a type of darkness, opens up through meditation into a realm of light where we understand our origins in the divine, where we have a sense and understanding of the causal realm and the, uh, the laws, the patterns, uh, the mathematics, you might say, uh, the inner powers that create the universe and the range of energies and forces uh, involved. So the deeper level of yoga practice is always involved with contacting something similar to deep sleep in the waking state so that we're rooted in our inner being and we're aware of the divine laws or the dharmas of the universe and our life is functioning from that particular point when we are aware of our unity with all and yet we can still function, uh, we still have our sense of difference uh, going on and our ability then to take our prana mind and senses back to their initial state of unity in which they are all one in the light of consciousness. So it's kind of a reflection of the fourth state. It's not fully developed, but we begin to be able to then, once we do the yoga there, we begin to be able to move into that inner realm of light beyond the 
outer creations of simply uh, time and space. Mm. So you write, the yoga of deep sleep requires we remain aware inwardly in the deep sleep state with body and mind at rest, but our inner consciousness awake and observant. So what kind of yoga practices, touched on some already, but uh, would you say more about how, how do we experience this? Well, first of all, all yoga is taking us in that direction. Yoga is about disidentification with the body and the mind and putting the mental and physical functions to rest. So, for example, in pranayama, we eventually go into some of these uh, unit, what we say unitary states of prana in which the breath may become subtle or which, in which you may just go simply into a breathless state. So the higher pranayamas relate uh, to that. Relative to mantra, <clears throat> particularly these core bija mantras like Om, I'm, Hrim, Shreem, the primary seed sounds also take our power of speech and mind into that causal or original state of awareness. And meditation as attuning to our inner being. And then we always make the importance of what we call vairagya. It's called detachment, but really means letting go. Simply letting go of this uh, outer fixation we have and letting our inner being uh, come forth. So a lot of the practices of the yoga of knowledge come here. And you're actually beyond practices and techniques pretty much. I mean, techniques and practices are like uh, when you start a fire. You know, you have to make sure to get everything, the matches or the wood or everything lined up. But once the fire is going pretty well, you can just start throwing things in it. It will burn almost anything. So it's also <laughs> then about uh, burning up our karmas and samskaras, not in a fire of, of you know, destructive heat, but in, an, in a divine uh, illumination. And the basic rule is here in yoga is very simple. If you can reduce your mind or concentrate your mind on a single point, smallest, smaller than the smallest, if your awareness can become concentrated in a single point, it will naturally expand into infinity and become everything. The infinitesimal and the infinite are the same. So your perception begins to open up uh, that way, and then you see from that uh, being the more aware you are in deep sleep, the more you are in the fourth state. Mm. It's not just simply uh, something different. Absolutely. And turning, turning there then, so to the fourth state, uh, you write the fourth or ever-wakeful state. The ever-wakeful state is the yogic state of samadhi or the unity consciousness that is the ultimate goal of yoga. And you also write, cultivating the witness state is the core practice to reach the fourth state of unity consciousness, but other support practices are also required. So first of all, I just, I just love that it all really does come down, or at least much of it comes down to having a regular meditation practice, which is something we talk about a lot on the show. And that, um, that this practice of, um, identifying with this witness state of consciousness is such an important one to carry with us throughout our day and not just something that we can experience in meditation, but that we can take it off the mat. So we can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, yes. Well, one thing I want to mention first is that these, like the yogas of dream and deep sleep, you do before you fall asleep at night. 
you cultivate an awareness and intentionality, a mantra, and you do, I like to do a kind of a conscious pratyahara or death process. You just let go of the body. You like you can do it by organ by organ, or you can do it by the body. So you let go of the body, you let go of the mind. You can forget about the world because the world will definitely still be there when you get up in the morning. You don't need to take it with you over at night because it's a very heavy thing to take to sleep and back again. Uh, so this has to be an intentional uh, practice. So the, this whole, our inner being is the seer, the state of seeing, what is called purusha in the uh, yogic uh, thought. That state of the seer is the natural state of samadhi. It is called um, nirvikalpa samadhi, or samadhi without any vikalpas or imagination. In the astral realm, we have a lot of savikalpa samadhis. There's a lot of imagination going on, which is creative in some ways, but is still not the uh, uh, highest uh, truth. So that inner self is the witness, but we're not talking about a mental witness, the mind witnessing something. We are talking about the witnessing power of the deepest core of our being, where we're witnessing the mind and witnessing the ego uh, from a state that is not personal and not individualized. In other words, consciousness uh, uh, witnessing the creaturely individualized mind and body. So that's the essence of yoga. Yoga begins with the uh, dissolution or the calming of the mind and then that takes us to the state of the seer or the purusha. Seeing is being. Being is seeing. Uh, it is direct knowledge, direct awareness, which transcends all concepts, as Upanishads say, where speech and mind turn back, not being able to reach. If you're directly aware of something, you don't need a concept or uh, a word. You know, if you're uh, on a mountain looking over, you don't have to have somebody's idea of what it's like to be on a mountain looking over that particular valley. So it's cultivating a direct awareness. And when you have that, you can still use the mind and the body, but you use them as instruments and you don't take them as the uh, reality. And you're not even in time. There is no present moment. There's only the presence of being. The present moment is the, is the kind of a uh, movement of the mind in which we uh, create a structure, a coordinate to kind of measure outer reality. So one goes back to Atma or Purusha and a sense of self in which there's one self in all beings. Mind and bodies are all different. We're not saying they're the same. They can be extremely different. They have to be treated differently. But consciousness is one. That is where the deeper state arises. And that unity of consciousness is the basis of all prana, all creativity. It is the very power of immortality. It is the origin of all the deities. It is the ultimate uh, uh, inner guru. It is your own uh, deepest state of knowing. So that is the goal of the yoga of the four states. But the yoga of the four states implies long-term being aware of your inner self throughout waking, dream, and deep sleep self-remembrance in that sense, remembering our inner core divine essence. So all these yogas of the four states get uh, mixed to some degree because you're maintaining wakefulness, you're maintaining creativity through all the states. And Upanishads teaches that these are all om. Uh, the first syllable of the uh, mantra om is the waking u. The second syllable is dream. Mm, the m sound, the anuswara is deep sleep, 
And the subtle essence of all these three put together is the uh, fourth state, the uh, Turiya state. So contacting the essence of Om, not just as the sound we make, but as the vibration behind all cosmic creation. Then this yoga of the four states enters into the entire uh, universal uh, movement. Magic forms it has. Everybody will experience something differently or have their own particular uh, connection. But remember that all of time and space is moving through you every day. And this whole movement from the physical to the highest reality every day. So please uh, take a little time for that uh, uh, greatest gift of life. All the other things may need to be done as well, but don't leave out your greatest bliss in the process of conducting your life. Wow, that was great. And with that, we've come to the end of the show. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. I've been discussing the four states of consciousness, how our daily movement from waking, a dream, and deep sleep can lead to boundless wisdom and enduring bliss. My guest has been Vedic teacher, educator, and author, Dr. David Frawley. And his website, again, is vedanet, V-E-D-A-N-E-T dot com. Thank you so much for this conversation, Dr. Frawley. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. It's been my honor to be with you, and I appreciate the depth of your questions. Hmm. So join me next time when I will be joined by Nayaswamis Jyotish and Devi, the spiritual directors of Ananda Spiritual Communities. Ananda was founded by Swami Kriyananda, a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. We encourage you to join us for the many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, including morning meditation, which occurs daily from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Pacific, daily afternoon meditation from 4 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific, and Sunday satsangs from 10 to 11 a.m. on Sundays Pacific time. Um, The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. You can subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at your favorite podcast site. And we always appreciate it if you tell people if you've been enjoying the show. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Anne Hayes and Mickey Coronado, Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 